Welcome to the Grief Dreams podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This is where we have conversations with guests about life, loss, grief, and grief dreams, which can be dreams of your loved ones that have passed away. So if you want to know more about the topic, you can definitely check out our website, griefdreams.ca, for more information. And here are four ways you can help support the podcast and help us spread awareness on this amazing topic. So number one, subscribe and rate the podcast on the platform that you listen to it on. Number two, become a member of the podcast, and that's for as low as $1.50 a month. This helps us run the podcast, and you can find the Patreon link in the show notes. Number three, you can take the Grief Dreams online course by Dr. Joshua Black at griefdreams.ca. And lastly, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Clubhouse, and Facebook at Grief Dreams. And now on to the show. Hi there. Welcome to the Grief Dreams podcast. I am Jade Carling Black and I have alongside me Dr. Joshua Black and we are here to present part two of the episode update recaps for 2021. And uh, just would like to welcome you all. I hope you had the opportunity to listen to the previous episode that highlighted and showcased our episodes that we recorded and uploaded this year in the wonderful year of 2021. I know that it was a year filled with a lot of challenges and many of us were grieving all different things in all different types of ways, but I hope that you will take the time to reflect on the clips that we're going to present to you in this episode and find some meaning and some joy and some comfort within them. So I'd like to just start off with episode 198, Sage Dyer. This was a beautiful episode. Sage is an author, and we talked about the recent release of her book, The Knowing. Beautiful book, by the way. And she shared a grief dream of her father. This episode was so, so profound, and I really enjoyed this conversation. Take a listen. Yeah, I had a lot of dreams and I still have a lot of dreams. And after a while, I could put them into different categories, uh, which is why I said yes to your podcast, because I think this topic is really fascinating, especially in the early days. I had a lot of dreams um, where I would be finding my dad and, and he would still be alive. And I'd be convincing him that he didn't have to die or coming up with some last minute invention to save him you know saying if you just aren't alone at this time then I'll be able to call 911 and things like that that were definitely grief driven dreams for me and I think those are common also dreams where I was angry at him dreams where he would show up and then disappear and I wouldn't be able to find him just dreams that were more stressful than anything and I had those all the time I don't really have them anymore but I had one dream uh, of my dad that truly felt like a visitation and I have actually no doubt in my mind that it was basically in my dream I I was in my apartment I lived in a studio apartment at the time in New York and so the door to our apartment was right next to my bed and I was I was sleeping in my bed in real life and my alarm went off and I decided to hit snooze because I was tired and I went um, so I hit snooze and I immediately went back into a dream uh, I, I immediately went back to sleep and I was immediately also dreaming. And in my dream, I was in exactly the same place I was in real life. I was laying in my bed in my apartment, looking at my phone. And as I'm doing that, I hear my door open to my apartment. So I sit up and I look around the, the wall corner and it's my dad walking in. 
And so I, and he's got like a grin on his face. And so I got out of my bed and I ran up to him and I said, I know that I'm asleep, but this isn't a dream. And he said, it's not a dream. You're right. This is real. And I said, you're really here, aren't you? And he said, I'm really here. And I said, I became skeptical in that moment. I said, okay, if you're really here, then I could touch you. And he said, so touch me. And he put his arms out and I grabbed his arms with my hand and I could feel them in my dream. I could feel his hairy arms, the way they felt in real life. And, um, and in that moment, I dropped my skepticism and I hugged him and, and then we talked and it was just like a beautiful 10 minutes and then my alarm went off and I, and then I, I was awake again and I reflected. I mean, I carried that dream with me for, I couldn't shake the feeling for weeks. I was telling everyone about it because I was like, you guys, I, it wasn't a dream. It was real. Like my dad was in my apartment. Thank you, Sage, for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed talking with her about the different dreams she has had. I know some of them are negative, some of them are positive. And when it comes to her sisters that have come on the podcast, Serena and Skye, they had more positive dreams. So it's really interesting to see the different dreams that people can have within the same family. Okay, next we have episode 199, Caitlin Garvey, and she's an author and English professor. And so here she talks about a grief dream of her mother. Since publishing the book, I've had dreams where she'll like pop up at a family dinner or something, um, and then I'll be like, where the heck have you been? <laughs> but then I'll get over it, um, I'll, but initially I'll have some rage. But yeah, I think um, it's, it's weird when she's like there in present moments, because then I suddenly have a panic, like, are, are you on your right medication, or are you declining treatment? A lot of my dreams have been about recently. She has cancer, but she's not addressing it. That's happened a lot recently. And actually one I had maybe a year or so ago where I just, I don't remember the the specifics, but I just remember the feeling that I got from it, which was just complete comfort. Um, I just woke up and then I, like, I knew she, like it was just such a good dream that I, I wanted to basically just go back to sleep forever. Thank you, Caitlin, for your contributions to the podcast. Lovely uh, clip there. Next, I'd like to introduce episode 192, which was with Dr. Roger Lohman. The episode was titled Cultural Dream Theories, and Roger is a professor of anthropology. He shared a grief dream of his sister. Take a listen. Well, the story was, um, so I was studying their beliefs in uh, in uh, ghosts and spirits and things, and, and I was now I now understand that when I dreamed about a ghost in the field, that was my brain comparing what I was learning their ideas about ghosts with, with my old ideas about ghosts that I'd learned as a child. So the, the dream was, it was actually kind of a waking vision. I was just on the edge of waking up, and uh, I saw the ghost of uh, my my dead sister, who had died many years before, appear, and she was uh, nasty and, and harassing me and, and uh, possibly hurting me. And uh, and I woke up and, and what most struck me at that moment was that I was actually scared by it because I was at that point thoroughly convinced that ghosts are imaginary. <laughs> so, uh, and so it, it really impressed me that I could be scared by this even though my waking self did not believe in it at all <laughs> and was not worried. <laughs> so, so that gave me a great insight and an empathy, you know, on how dreams can convince people to believe in these things. They really feel so convincing, especially at the time. And then if you get social support that that was a ghost, that's going to really cement that, you know, in, in people's minds. 
But um, the way I, I came to understand it more later was I, I thought about it a lot, and, and what, what, what seemed strange to me was that my sister, first of all, I, I had dreamt about my sister being dead before, many years before when it had happened, but it wasn't a threatening situation. It was more just, this is weird, my sister isn't, is not alive anymore. I mean, I, the dream was of her being buried, and uh, it was just weird trying to make sense of it all for a little boy's mind. And this time, my sister was a nasty, threatening ghost, and so the nasty threateningness is like, where did that come from? I don't have it, you know, I've not had any anxieties or worries about the sister or worries about ghosts or life after death. But the local people had been telling me, you know, don't go out at night. There's there's uh, ghosts that can hurt you and, uh, you know, dead people can, can cause problems. And, and so I was absorbing this culture and... Uh, and studying it, and it was interacting with my home culture in my in my brain as my brain was updating its uh, model of reality. And so it, this juxtaposed images of my traditional ghosts and the new ghosts produced this hybrid uh, for my for my uh, dreaming mind. And because I remembered the image into waking life, it could have a stronger impact on my thought than it would have if it had just been uh, you know unprocessing that that I forgot as soon as I woke up. Thank you, Roger, for coming on the podcast. It's really amazing to hear the different perspectives that people have on dreams in other cultures. And so that's a great episode for people to learn more about that. Next, we have episode 201, Heather Stang. She's an author and founder of Mindfulness and Grief Training Institute. And she talks about the grief dream of her dog, Monster. Take a listen. I have had a monster dream and it was about a year or so ago. So I I wish I'd, I can't believe I didn't write it down. Wait, 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 what? Hold on. I know, I know. Look, I, yeah, right. No judgments here, Heather. Oh no, there's judgment. There's a lot of judgment. There's a lot of judgment and I will never hear the end of this. And every time I, I talk to you, you can remind me because it is ridiculous that I didn't write it down, especially since I'm like a, journaling person I think it was maybe at a time where I, I just wasn't I didn't have the energy to do a lot of that so it was it was early on it was maybe probably four months or so after monster died and we we had Ariel in the house I wasn't like you know she and I are tight now I, I liked her I'm a great dog mom no matter what but you know I'm not I'm not abusive or neglectful but it wasn't a real clear specific dream and my my grief dreams the few I've had in my life they're not like super narrative they're more of feeling you know that's more of an emotion and it was just like monster was his six-year-old self which is when he came into my life my husband's had him since he was a puppy monster came into my life at a very rambunctious six and you know, Monster was probably about that age in the dream. And he was sitting in his little monster pose that looks kind of like a triangular shape. And he's just looking at you with the eyes that are saying carrot. <laughs> and it was just a comforting, like, he's okay dream. That's all I've got around what it was. But I woke up feeling a lot less anxious and I felt like he was starting to move into my heart space. It's one of those things that's a little hard for me to explain in words, but part of my processing grief is feeling like they're portable inside me, if that makes sense. 
Like I can carry them with me everywhere. And that's been a process, but I feel like that dream uh, did, did do that for me. Thank you, Heather, for sharing those insights with us on the podcast. Next, I'd like to introduce episode 202, Cal Suma Ali, who is a British Bangladeshi podcaster. She's also the host of Bereavement Room. Cal Suma shares a grief dream of her mother. I've had loads of dreams about my mom and my dad. And interestingly, I had a dream. My dad was alive at that point. It was four weeks before he died. I had this dream that we were in our garden and in our family house in the garden, there is a, a pavement in the middle that separates the earth that you can walk on. And they used to grow food on either side, so like vegetables and fruit. And in this dream, it was a really sunny day like it is today. And I could see both of my parents amongst all the herbs, like the coriander. It was very, very green. And my mum was saying something to me. She was really happy and she was trying to say something and I can't it's you know it was a year ago now so it's very vivid and it's quite vague but I always think about that dream because at the time it didn't occur to me that what my mum was saying which I think I can recollect is that it's time or your dad's joining me or something like that and I was on the earth side the muddy side right and I was trying to re like she was trying to reach out to me, but I, I I just couldn't. And when I looked down, all I could see was like the earth and the mud. And when I looked at them, they were like in the sunshine amongst the coriander and all the green herbs. And yeah, it was. See, the thing is, when my mum comes to me in my dreams, it's usually when I'm sad or she's trying to comfort me or I'm distressed. And I can't remember what was happening four weeks before my dad died. It was in the new year. Um, and it was a very comforting dream, but I didn't really realize until four weeks later that perhaps that dream was her telling me that your dad's going to die. Because my dad did die four weeks after that dream. And I, I feel like it's very symbolic, this dream very symbolic to me and it's something that I think about on and off a lot and I I wish I was I interpreted it at the time but I, I don't really know if that would have made any difference um I was just so happy to see my mum in my dreams because that's the only way that I can connect with her right and yeah I have been reading about dream interpretations since that dream there's a book by Ibn Sirin he was a dream interpreter from the 8th century I think and yeah I've been reading a lot about grief dreams and been listening to your podcast as well because it's something that I think about more so now that my dad has died but I've just I've always had these really strong dreams and yeah I it's something that I need to give more thought to and I've started reading about it but that dream always comes back to me because it's very symbolic of the fact that it was four weeks before my dad died and my mum was trying to she was telling me like it's time or something along those lines she was trying to reach out to me and yeah that was that was my probably my most memorable grief dream thank you Kelsuma, for coming on the podcast and sharing next we have episode 203 haika mertens and she's an author and she talks about her grief dream of her husband. And she gets into details about the dream she had after moving places after he died. Take a listen. 
you know, dreams, you know, in part because this is coming up. And I've been listening also to some of your other podcasts, which are, are great. I love listening to the dreams. I like listening overall to conversations, but the dreams are always, you know, that little extra at the end. Uh, and I, I thought, you know, my, my, my dreams changed over time. And I thought that, you know, one of the things that I did want to just, you know, briefly mention, and that was, you know, in the beginning, you know, we have these dreams. And it would be like Richard was alive and it was all normal and everybody was healthy. And then I would wake up and it'd be quite devastating in the beginning because, of course, that wasn't reality. And so my dreaming life was out of sync with my physical life. And then over time, that changed, you know, where it came to a point where, you know, absolutely, you know, I understood that he was, you know, gone. And there was a point where I even complained to somebody and said, you know, I'm so tired of these dreams, you know. And they said, would you rather you didn't dream of him? And I said, no, I think that's in that case, I, I'm very grateful to have these dreams. And now they've shifted again, which is very interesting for me because it's almost like my dream space is like a third space where uh, we still come together. But it's very clear that he's not in the physical world with me. And it's quite all right for him and I to be in this other world. And it's almost like a, a continuation of a conversation in a different way. So, you know, I recently had one where it was like he and I were just kind of looking at our daughter and what she was doing. The way parents do, you know, you sometimes look over at your kids and you kind of have that moment together. And that was, you know, that, that space that I now, it's now that way, which is great. A lot of the dreams uh, that, I, that I've, I've listened to in your podcast, you know, I, I love the fact that people are generally well and happy in, in their dreams when they're having these dreams with, with uh, their loved ones. I wanted to go in the other direction. I had a really disturbing dream at one point, and that was that uh, I, I was dreaming and I dreamt a different version of the dream for like two nights in a row, and it was about him and I coming together and he felt like I had left him in one of the old houses that we had been in and he'd been wandering and looking for me and then the next night he was in another house that we had been in and, and, and you know he felt like I had I'd left him and abandoned him and I was like what is going on and I was speaking to a friend of mine who's a you know a healer and she had said to me when these things come you know just kind of reorient and let him know where you are and they appeared shortly after I moved cities. She said, maybe he doesn't realize that you've moved cities and this is why all of a sudden this is, this is going on. And so that's what I did. And then it was all settled, right? But it was me consciously being in that moment in the dream where it was like, okay, I know you're looking for me. This is where I am now. This is why I'm here. And then it was like, oh, okay. So did you leave the house that you guys were together in and, and left for somewhere else? I did. That would be another day's conversation. I, yes, I was there for a couple of years. You know, they always say don't make any big decisions in the first year, which is probably excellent advice. I would almost say maybe for two in some cases. But um, I grew up in Toronto and my parents, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, uh, were declining. They started to decline after my brother died and they just escalated and after my husband died. And so I was driving a lot back and forth between, I was in, in Waterloo at the time, back and forth. And the situation had become such that they really needed more support. 
And I had hoped that in moving back to Toronto, not only would I be there for whatever time they had, and uh, that I would also give me kind of a, a bit of a fresh start. So yeah, I moved cities, I moved homes, and that was shortly after that that I had that 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 dream. So. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's great to, that you brought that up because it brought in another conversation and it helped people understand how dreams reflect waking life. So mm-hmm. that's one position that the individual told you about is the soul was lost, confused on what happened, where you went, that sort of thing. It's kind of sad and I'm glad you found your way through that with whatever you did. But there's another way of looking at it and it's that it represented your waking life and that you left a part of him. Right, you you left and chose, and how difficult that must have been. And if you're dreaming about it, it was something that you're still trying to process. And I don't know how much emotion you can process as you're moving and then dealing with something new, a new challenge. And so, yeah, very very difficult to work through that in the place you were. And and I sort of like to see that, and I said, oh wait, wait a second, like there is you know a lot of emotion here that just is unresolved. And it just takes, as you said, like it takes time, it takes a lot of work. But I've had, you know, like just talking about this in general. There's other people who have had dreams where they've moved and they're spiritual and they had a dream with an individual says, oh, I know you've moved, right? There's no wandering or abandonment in, in those dreams either. So I always like to look at it in both angles, like for those who are spiritual and even like those, like if this is just sort of the mind, what can we learn about grief through this lens? And, you know, as you sort of brought it up, it's, it's a very difficult process moving and also there's probably a feeling of of abandoning something that was very precious to you yeah yeah i think you're right and and, and i think the other thing that you know you said and that i talked about a little bit too was uh, it, it really is a process and and we need to give ourselves the time and the space to kind of allow our bodies and our brains to do what they need to do so that they can heal and whether or not it's the, the two combinations but you're right you know it was a very difficult thing very difficult choice to go it was the better choice at that moment but i also knew i was moving back into a space where i was going to be doing more caregiving so all those kind of things as you're living through all that frequently we don't we don't culturally create a space for us to process i don't think especially when things become I can't even say that. I was going to say when they become complex. But I think when you're in a relationship with somebody, you know, from conversations that I've had with people, and it's either an intense relationship and or it's something that's a very long-term relationship, it is not something that you can just kind of, you know, first of all, move on from. Uh, I, I truly believe this is a piece that has to become part of our life story. And we have to become more comfortable as a culture in, in accepting that piece, that these are things that we'll, we will carry with us the same way we carry other things, like becoming parents with us. It, it's just all part and parcel of it. And it, it's not, like, I, I truly believe, you know, that I would be out of this grief space within three months. And it was such a surprise and a shock that I wasn't. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm a bit of an overachiever but I really underestimated it. <laughs> and that, that's a big one. You know, I, as you said, you know, different, yes. And, and you're right, there probably was a component to that. I, I did leave something behind. And, and I had, maybe myself felt like I was abandoning it. 
Thank you, Heika, for sharing that insightful piece. Next, I'd like to introduce episode 204, Autumn Toel Jackson. She's an author and shares a grief dream of her husband. With my late husband, though, I have had a ton of dreams, and most of them are horrible. I think I've had two dreams where he was there, felt right, and most of the dreams I have are me seeing him somewhere and him not knowing me, not recognizing me. Those were rough ones, and I had them a lot more in that first year. They were pretty pretty consistent at least once a week and it was just this huge like consistent abandonment feeling and he died suddenly also and so in my mind I also I kind of assume that because I did feel very abandoned by him he was 30 years old and went for a jog and his heart stopped and they never found out why they just said unknown natural causes and so I do think that's part of why a lot of the dreams are just him abandoning me, but it doesn't make sense for him not to recognize me in the dream. So those those are probably the main ones, but I've also had other ones where he went missing and I couldn't get anybody to help me look for him. And then months later, I'd find him and he'd still be alive, but just barely. And he'd be mad at me because I didn't encourage people or force people to look for him more. Thank you, Autumn, for coming on and sharing your dreams. Next, we have episode 205, Zachary Steele, and he's an author and the executive director of the Broadleaf Writers Association. And so in this episode, I remember we did talk about his fiction book, which is one of the first authors I've come on that had fiction, which is really interesting to hear about. And so in here, we talk about a grief dream he has of his cat as he was writing his book. Take a listen. Halfway through writing this book, I lost my my cat, my my companion of 13 years, and I was I, always been like a furry human to me. And she died of cancer, and it was like halfway through this book, and that was it. Just completely stopped the writing process. And when I finally was able to get back to it, when I was actually able to emotionally write the story without losing it, you know, it changed the the tone of the story. And I, I did have some dreams during this period of time where my cat Maggie was there. She wasn't like an active participant in my dreams. And, and, and another point to say here is I don't tend to remember my dreams very, very often. But she was present in a number of these dreams as I was writing and always just there, an observer in, in the dream kind of thing. So I, I really didn't think anything of it until well after writing this. And I was like, I wonder, you know, was that, was that like, her her spirit her consciousness kind of letting me know she was there and observing me through this process that's that's what i that brings me you know warms my heart a little bit to think think of it in that sense thank you zachary for your contributions to the podcast we really appreciate you coming on next i'd like to introduce episode 206 dr karen wyatt she's an author and hospice doctor she shared a grief dream of her father, which enabled her to become more compassionate with herself. This episode is entitled, These Roads Can Be Tricky Sometimes. Take a listen. And ultimately, I did have a dream of uh, my father that was really powerful uh, for me and that also helped me to make a shift. And I can tell you about that if you want me Mm -hmm. to. Yes, please do. How long was this after he died? It was actually 11 years 
Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, and so I had gone on, away on a writing retreat and I, I was really upset with myself actually because at 11 years after my dad's death I was still grieving and still not feeling joy in my life and I I, I was blaming myself like what is wrong with me that I'm still in this state and I can't seem to get get through it so I gone away on a writing retreat and I thought I'm determined I'm gonna have a breakthrough I'm gonna write and write and write I'm gonna figure out like why I'm still sad and why I still can't smile spontaneously how could this be after 11 years I knew if I, if I tell one of my colleagues they will say I should be on medication that I have pathologic grief and um, I just wanted to try to solve this crisis but I'd been on this retreat for a few days and Nothing had changed, nothing had happened. There'd been no breakthrough until the last night of the retreat. And that's when I had this dream. And in the dream, I was riding in my dad's old pickup truck. He had this red Chevy pickup that he used to drive all the time. And I was in the passenger seat and dad was driving and we were in the Bighorn Mountains, these um, remote mountains where we always used to go fishing and camping, driving on these dirt roads. And I spent so much of my life with my dad there driving in those remote places. So it was the greatest feeling because oh, I was there with my dad and we were back in that place that I loved. And he was driving the truck and it it became clear to me we were on our way to help my uncle Ralph who had gotten his truck stuck in a mud hole uh, on the mountain and so we were going up there to help pull him out of the mud and um, I was kind of laughing and making fun of my uncle and I said to my dad can you believe it it's the dry season so there's only like one mud hole on the entire mountain and Ralph manages to get stuck in it and I was laughing about that and I turned and my dad turned and looked at me and he had the most beautiful expression on his face. It's hard for me to describe, but his eyes were shining and he had this very, this slight smile and, and there was just pure love and compassion coming from him. And I, I think of it as some Buddha statues I've seen where Buddha is just slightly smiling, but <laughs> I don't know that that's how it just felt um, like something so sacred and beautiful all of this love that was pouring from him and he turned and looked me right in the eyes and he said these roads can be tricky sometimes and uh, instantly in the dream so these roads can be tricky sometimes and instantly in the dream suddenly I was driving the truck and I was by myself and I came up to my uncle Ralph and I got up and said um, I'm here to help you I'm gonna pull you out of the mud because I have dad's truck with the winch on the front and we're gonna use it and we're gonna get you out of the mud and so I woke up from that dream and suddenly it was like wow like like what this dream is telling me that is that like first of all these roads are tricky these roads of grief and traveling this journey it's tough it's not just a, a straight path there's so many obstacles and so many difficulties to to get through and what dad was saying to me is be compassionate with yourself don't judge yourself like it's okay it's okay to be on the tricky roads and it's, it's okay that you get stuck in the mud sometimes and get lost and wander 
But then it also showed me that I have these tools from my dad, his truck with the winch on the front. Like I was now assuming a position where I would be able to help other people who were stuck. All I had to do was get myself unstuck. But that dream was the thing that helped me get unstuck. It's the thing that helped me suddenly shift forward and suddenly change all my focus. And learn how to be compassionate with myself, to stop judging myself and feeling so much guilt and how to focus on, you know, what I'm really doing here. I've been learning all these skills and all these tools so that I can be there to help other people when they need it. And um, so, so that dream right there was what really helped me make a transformation at that point. Thank you, Karen, for coming on the podcast and sharing that dream. So amazing. I always love hearing how these dreams can help people be more compassionate and feel more love in the, the process of grieving. Next, we have episode 207, Jen Lee. She's the author of Grieving and Dreams. Really love her book because it talks all about the dream she has after her sister died and she had a ton of dreams and was really impressed. I really loved the episode. So if you love grief dreams, really check out that episode and her book. And so in this clip, we asked her what dream she wanted to have if she could of her sister. And what was interesting about it is she brings in another dream that she had while writing her book. So check it out. I actually would like to dream about her knowing about the book. I've had some where it seemed to be indirectly about the book. When I was first starting to write it and I was feeling very uh, unsure about going forward with it, I had a dream about her where I was in like a glass house and I was feeling very uh, vulnerable and scared and just, I, don't, I think, and there were people trying to come into the house. And then all of a sudden she appeared and she just stepped into the house and it felt like instantly comforting, like I just felt safe. And then when I woke up, I thought, God, that's sort of like my fear about writing the book, like this glass house of being letting just strangers into my life and telling you know just telling everybody all kinds of things and of course there's that vulnerability aspect of it and just feeling nervous about how people are going to react as well and then here she comes sort of saying like it's okay like i'm right here so you don't have to be you know scared of the strangers coming into the house so then that sort of gave me some push to like be like okay like she's okay with me writing this about her and then since then I've had various dreams about the book and there are some there have been some where I think she is aware of it and I know there was one I had recently where in the dream I was thinking like oh I'm gonna give her a copy so she can finally read it so throughout all the dreams I've had where it seems like she's aware of it she's never really like I've never really talked to her about it or like showed it to her or you know just to be like look what I wrote about you and have her read it and just see what I guess just to get her reaction so I think that's what that is a dream that I would like to have one day tonight if possible <laughs> 
Thank you. That's going to wrap up this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. And just it's been really entertaining looking back at all the episodes we've done this year and all the brilliant, amazing, vibrant people we've had on to join us in conversation, in healing, and in just helping us navigate our grief journey, our collective grief journey, and our individual journeys. It's just been a really big year for transformation on a personal level and on a collective level. And I'm just so glad that you could tune in today and just kind of, you know, walk down memory lane with us. So looking forward to 2022 and all the the amazing guests we're going to have on this year and look forward to connecting with you all and wishing you joy and good health. As we like to say, as we wrap up the podcast with love and gratitude from us to you. Thank you again for listening to the episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you want to learn more about the topic, please check out our platform at griefdreams.ca. On there, you can find our two online courses. So the first one is a Grief Dreams workshop that I developed, which is designed to help you learn all about the topic. And the second one is Crazy in Love, Using Romantic Relationships as a Vehicle for Growth. And this is designed to help you rethink modern intimate relationships. And that is by myself and Jade Carling Black. On the website, you can also book a one-on-one Grief Dreams consulting session with me to discuss your own dreams, or if you want to learn more about the topic. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Clubhouse, at Grief Dreams. We have two clubs on Clubhouse that you can follow, and those are Grief Dreams, and the other one is Grief Cafe. If you have Facebook, you can follow our Grief Dreams podcast page to be notified when we release new episodes. You can also join the Grief Dreams Facebook group And on there, you can share your dreams and hear more dreams of others. Once again, to help support the podcast, please subscribe and rate the podcast on your platform that you listen on. This helps our show come up when people search for grief podcasts to listen to. Also, you can become a member of the podcast through Patreon. And we have three membership levels, $1.50, $7, and $20 a month. So if you want to give, please go there to see what perks we have to offer. This money helps us run the podcast. You can find the Patreon link in the show notes below. We would like to thank all of those who continue to support us. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you can be comforted by your dreams tonight.